Everything is a lot more balanced when I'm in the office at least once a week. Mm-hmm. When it's no days in a week, a lot of things get off whack. For sure. I mean, I mean, I, I guess I can only speak from my perspective. I mean, I think for us, especially with the way the year started, which like there's part, there's part of that that's probably not quite typical, but um, I'm just like Aaron's here, so we have to get this stuff in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you've got a lot of versions of that, just like in in what you're doing day to day. No, I just I feel more balanced when I'm here at least once a week. So during the week. So I'm typically always here on the weekends, mm-hmm. but during the week, it's nice to be here once a week. Well, and especially during the week because, you know, everybody else is working during, or more likely to be working during the week. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I can, do you have like, when you're on the road or you're like, man, I just wish I had more office time or you feel like you're kind mm-hmm. of striking the balance that probably makes most sense. This month I've been way out of whack. Mm-hmm. It's been way too much travel um, versus how much I should be in the office focused on the big picture. Yeah. But it's just kind of how the cookie crumbles at the same time. There's a bunch of stuff I needed to get done beginning of the year that I'd like, I, I basically had pushed off a lot of this stuff from December Mm -hmm. into January because I don't like traveling a month of December. So you don't travel for a month. It stacks up. Yeah, it's then, not like you just can't do it. You yeah, just have to do it. Yeah, you just, you just got to hammer through it. So, and it's a lot of, like, I know I need flexibility for my schedule in March or April for where the business is going. I need to be focused on some things that are not just, that will be travel related, but mm-hmm. not traveling to go see dirt all the time. Yeah. And uh, to buy myself that flexibility, if I stack up all of the content I need for months, in the next, you know, in six weeks in the beginning of the year, then it buys me a little bit more flexibility on the back end as well. True. And I mean, the Saudi trip was supposed to be in December. Well, yeah, the Saudi that, trip was supposed to be in November. That's what I was going to say. It got pushed a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with like the traveling you're doing, maybe just like you can answer this a little bit more broadly, just like for how you want the balance to look. Um, is, is there any part of it that, I don't want to say obligation, but is there like a certain percentage that it's like, these are more specific like business trips and these are more like enrichment, just talking about our brand to people in the industry trips, like, or, or is it all just kind of intertwined the whole time? It's all so intertwined. Okay. So intertwined. Um, so it's not like, well, I have to do this one, but this one was just kind of for fun. So I can move it later. It's kind of all just happening at the same time. Well, I always like, if I have to go meet somebody, I always try to tie in the, like a fields component to mm-hmm. that as well. So, okay, cool. I have to sit down with this guy for an hour out in, I'm just making this up like North Carolina, Yeah. but I'm going to also think what jobs do they have going on? What jobs do I know of elsewhere in that area that I could potentially visit? So it's, you're kind of. I'm always trying to group stuff together. If I get on a plane to go somewhere, I'm going to make the most of wherever I'm going to. Yeah. Ideally speaking. So it's like, I'm just trying to maximize every trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like Florida, for example. So I just went to Florida or I'm going to Florida since this is in the future. Yeah. I'm visiting in a five day period, seven different contractors operations. Shoot. 
in the five days. And that's from the Florida Keys to Miami to Naples to Orlando. So it's not even in just Miami. It's across the entire state of Florida. (laughs) But it's like, if I'm in Florida, I'm going to be in Florida. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm there to do. I'm there to see as much as I possibly can. And on these trips, like you're not leaving any space to be like, oh, well, there's a Somebody told me about this other trip yesterday or on the other site yesterday. Maybe I can go, I can pack it in tomorrow. No, there's not much flexibility there. Um, Like trips to go out to a job site and to do what we do, there needs to be some initial coordination. Yeah. And I think there needs to be even more, which is what I'm talking to Skylar about building out my team to Mm -hmm. help me coordinate all of this stuff because it's okay. I got booking travel off my plate. That was a, an enormous, yeah, an enormous achievement for me as far as saving my time is concerned. But now just coordinating. So even if someone, like, I'll get all, I'll get invited out to sites all the time. Oh, 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 yeah, come see us. <laughs> okay, that's great. There's a lot of steps for you to make that happen. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're the guy that that can make that call, but a lot of times you're not the guy, and that's great. You can connect me to the guy or whoever, mm-hmm. but I still need their. I still need to do it right. Because visiting a site's one thing, but taking pictures at a site, a whole different ballgame. That requires a whole different level of permission and conversation and coordination. It's even just the simple thing as taking out a camera. I mean, sure, I can go to a rock structures, Ryan Goodfellow, and just take whatever pictures I want. But I can't go on to a commercial job site. Even if the civil contractor is good to go, site contractor is good to go, I'm still having to navigate. Uh, they're, you're, you're, you know, they're not, they don't own the site. They're not the general contractor. Mm-hmm. There's just, there's a lot there that you have to navigate and you have to be respectful. I've learned you have to be respectful of the correct process and respectful of the chain of command Yeah, or else you start to piss in a lot of people's Cheerios and it just, it, it, it it's more, more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. You were talking about, you've already kind of removed booking your own travel off, like taking that off your plate which has been huge for you because you're actually traveling more now. I'm sure that's Big related time. to the fact that you're not having to book it. Yeah. But still, it's not like all the logistics are off your plate now. It's still like tons and tons of things, tons of conversations, like you're saying, all the, the permissions, the um, just like getting the okay from like the GC, even if you've been talking to the civil contract. You know, it's like all these moving pieces. You know, like everybody, everybody thinks it's just, it's just running around willy-nilly. But they're also like, how did you get into all these places? And it's because of all of the time and energy put in beforehand that makes that a reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should see like even just the Saudi trip, how, how logistically complicated that, that thing was. Oh, yeah. You should have seen how many people were involved in arranging that thing. You should have seen how many emails there were back and forth for six months to create that trip that was just uh, five days. It, there's so much energy that goes into every single trip to dial it in, to get everybody on the same page, to make sure they know what, what I want to see. They have, you know, the project schedules make sense. And, and even if the, the company's good to go, you know, now you need to inform the, the people on site that, that were coming out at a certain time. Yeah. It, it, there's, there's so much to it. And I've, I have, um, I've just, I've done it for so many years now. I've gotten pretty good at it, but I realize how complicated it is when I throw someone who hasn't natural, you know, hasn't done it for years and years into the mix. They, they immediately get overwhelmed mm-hmm. because there's just, there's just so much there. 
I think what's going to be interesting in the future for us is as we continue to grow our brand, as um, you know, you your personal brand continues to like grow and kind of the that relationship between the two. Um, you know, we want our impact to look like, you know, when BuildWit, like a BuildWit crew team shows up on a job site, people recognize that. Yeah, it's How, a lot easier. However, I think yeah. the hard part that's basically never going to happen is there's going to be a difference between letting, like, oh, cool, some build with people here, and they're going to be shooting photos. Because those are two separate things. Like, there is a world where you could eventually, like, you know, if you've got enough cultural cachet in the industry or whatever, that, like, you could, like, pull up to a job site without telling anybody, and they'd be like, oh, that's cool, and you just, like, start chatting. That's, like, one thing. Sure. But you can't just, you'll never be able to just pull out a camera. It doesn't matter how much our impact has grown. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll visit job sites all the time to go see somebody I know or just shoot the poop or, but I'm, I'm not just going to run around my camera. It's, it's, you need to be like, I'm not that smart, but I'm smart enough to know <laughs> what I should and shouldn't be doing at this point. Yeah. And I used to be like, you know, I read this book and it, it talks about you, you go from being a piracy, you know, being pirates to being, becoming a Navy. Mm-hmm. We're in that, interim period where in the in the early days I was just running around my drone taking pictures of whatever the hell I wanted to posting whatever the hell I wanted to on the internet just total piracy just just do whatever the hell I please because fuck rules and then now that you're we're starting to work with these bigger and bigger companies to get access to these sites that no one has necessarily had access to ever before you need to have some sort of legitimacy. So if I'm running around on my weekends posting whatever the hell I want to, because legally speaking, sure, I might be able to, it's going to screw me big picture. Yeah. So I don't, I don't do any of that anymore because we've had to become uh, a, a somewhat of a legitimate Navy. And sure, I'll, I'll still maybe bend the rules here or there, but I, I'm pretty respectful because... I know that's the only way I'm invited into these increasingly difficult places to get into because mm-hmm. that's those are the that's how they operate. I need to meet them where they are. Yeah. Even if they need me more than I need them, I can't just act like that and be like, "Ah, fuck you," and have that attitude. I need to I need to meet them where they are. So it's like um like a like a North American coal. You know, going out to these coal mines, going on these drag lines, uh, taking pictures, video. Like they've never done that out there. They've never ever. They've never done that. It's not like you're this week's uh, video and photography crew. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, but, but it, it was cool seeing the um, difference between our first visit versus our second visit. Now, you know, they were excited before, but they quite weren't sure how we it's work. Like, and this and what that. is the point of this? Yeah. yeah. But, but the second visit, it was, everybody was stoked. We were there and they're, they're wanting to see the pictures, you know, where do I see these? And everybody's fired up about it and it just makes it fun for everybody. They're excited. We're here. Mm-hmm. We're excited to be there. We're all having fun together. We're all talking about coal mining. We're all shedding this, this very valuable light on this very valuable industry that people completely misunderstand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't have got there if I hadn't, I hadn't become a little bit more legitimate and build what hadn't become a little bit more legitimate, mm-hmm. m- become more of a Navy than just, a piracy. And, and, you know, me being my entrepreneurial self, it, it bothers you at face value a little bit and you still have that, you know, rebellious mentality. And I think that's valuable, but there's also, I have the bigger we've got, I have started to respect the need for 
hierarchy rules, meeting people where they are more and more and more because it's a far more effective way to get things done than to just shake people, mm-hmm. and knock on doors and yell We're here real to loudly. disrupt the industry. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah. Yeah, it's not very effective. Mm-hmm. I, I like your, uh, your analogy with um, like the piracy to a Navy. And because I think where we are at BuildWit right now is, like you're saying, we're kind of in that transition period. But what that transition period looks like is we're, we're hiring people who, to keep this analogy going, this metaphor, um, we're hiring people who have Navy experience. Yes. And the, the majority of our team are still pirates. And so it's like, how do we like connect those people and get all those people on the same page and, you know, like bring these people who have this like additional expertise and experience, but have not kind of grown in the BuildWit way thus far. Yeah. It's like, how do we tie those two things together to kind of reach our like next goals? Yeah. Um, and, and so it's, it's fun to kind of be going through that, but you're right. Like we're in a transition period of how do we um, like, you know, increase our impact, um, build more and more relationships in the industry in a real authentic way, not just a, Hey, we were trying to grow our business. So we got to talk to more people. Like that's, that doesn't really help us if we approach it that way. So it's sure. like, how do we keep doing what we're doing, keep the spirit of what has made us, you know, successful and what's been our failures and kind of being able to look at those two things and saying, all right, here's the next steps for us. Yeah. Um, so it's been cool to, to see those two like groups kind of meet in the middle and be like, here's the next phase for us. Well, and that's why I've started to separate myself from the business as well a little bit, you know, create my brand and then the business's brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two things were identical at a certain point, but I, I mean, don't literally identical. You were built by it. Yeah. And, and so I'll, I'll say things now that people get all bent out of shape about. And I don't, I don't want build wit to be, um, I want it to, to blend together. It's not totally separate, but I don't, I don't want the company and like, we're having to meet with these much bigger companies now and get them on board with training and software and marketing and service, like everything we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for a lot of these guys that are very conservative and have been doing it for 30, 40 years, my approach, my thoughts don't always, uh, align with their thoughts and thinking. And that's okay. Yeah. Cause we're better off. Um, I'm better off over here saying what I think the company's better off trying to work with them and then trying to just slowly be patient and slowly get them to where they need to be going. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, both approaches are right. Trying to blend the two, but also trying to create a little bit of separation between me, my brand, my thinking, my logic, my because my like what comes out of my mouth is representative of what I believe. Whereas BuildWit now is a a large group of human beings. So sure, my opinion has a profound impact yeah. on the overall belief of that organization, but there's a lot of other perspective there. There's a lot of other viewpoints there. There's a lot mm-hmm. of other valuable human capital there that creates that overall um that overall belief and operating system of the business. So I can influence it, but also I don't want to be still be the it. Yeah. Be it. You know, we, you had, we had an internal conversation yesterday um, on one of our Slack channels about just like some social media things. And I was really actually encouraged by the response to something you had said. Cause I think maybe there was a time past where um, maybe if you had said, Hey, you know, I think we should approach this this way. I think everybody would have been like, yep, you're right. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. 
And there was like a significant and healthy amount of pushback. Like, well, we did it this way because, and that makes sense because, and it achieves these goals because, and, you know, instead of you saying, okay, yeah, you were right. You still like pushed back and said, okay, I, I get those things. And here's kind of why that makes sense to me. And here's why some of these other parts we need to consider too. To me, like, that's like, that's how we grow like the brand. That's not the Aaron Witt brand. Well, it was, that was a great example. We, sh- we had shared a company that we worked with in the past on our social channels. And I asked, why did, why are we promoting this? And quite a few people chimed in. Well, here's the rationale. And I'm, I looked at all of it. I'm like, that's all spot on. That's all right. Like we're all right here. The, the approach there is correct. Uh, your approach is absolutely correct. So mm-hmm. nothing was done wrong here, but I'm looking at things big picture here. And this is a big picture consideration. We need to be sure we're making before we go do this. It's like we have a large group of companies that have supported us since day one that still support us that we need to be talking about. We need to be um, to educating people about and prioritizing before we go. To, I'm fine talking about anybody, but let's talk about those that have really supported us mm-hmm. and really cared for us and are making the dirt world a better place first. And then we can talk about whoever we want. I'm just looking at it from a big picture perspective. So it yeah. wasn't that someone was right. Someone I was right. They were wrong or they were right. I'm wrong. It was, we're both, we're both right. It's just, I have a different perspective than they do. They're in the weeds. They're trying to create a strategy. I'm looking at the business big picture and you put those two things together and ideally you get something pretty neat. Mm-hmm. We're on a rocket ship, man. It's fun. I'll say that. Yeah, it's cool. Pretty cool. It's cool. Um, I guess we, we do want to note that, so we have an internal podcast we as do. we've explained it. Mm-hmm. We've published one of the internal podcasts and I asked myself the other day, why don't we just publish all of them? Because we don't say anything all that proprietary or anything like that. So what we're going to do in the not so distant future, I think we've decided, maybe we haven't decided it. There's, there's a couple other moving pieces that um, we were discussing yesterday, but yes, this all makes sense. It's more like how, how do we deploy it and make it connected to our brand? Sure. So this is just, I guess, t- uh, you know, we don't have a d- date on this yet, but we anticipate to publish all of our internal podcasts. We're not assuming anybody's going to care about them or listen outside of our business. But if you're curious about what the heck we're doing as a business, there you go. Hopefully we'll have an internal podcast for everybody to listen to. And uh, with that, I guess we can get into some questions. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right. That will be cool. Question from Jake. I'm going to school to be an engineer. I currently have one semester left before I graduate and have to make some decisions soon. I've had internships with a heavy civil construction company, private engineering, and public city engineering. I'm tasked with making a decision on where I want to be when I graduate. I have a job offer with a private engineering firm. I do not have any job offers from construction side of things. Here are my pros and cons. Construction. I like seeing things get built, and I like building things. Typically, I like construction people more, personalities and common interests. Cons. I'm a homebody, so traveling does not appeal to me that much. Um, And then from the engineering perspective, pros. I get to go home every night. Pay seems to be higher than what construction offers entry-level-wise. Cons. I do not like sitting behind a desk all day. I have to get my EIT, then my PE. Can't see things being built as much if you're in the office. Uh, so he said, I know there isn't a job, a perfect job based on my pros and cons, and I can't be that picky, but I just wanted to get your input suggestions on maybe how to like expand what I want to do. Well, based on, based on pay, sure, out of school, it's more money, but you, you run into a ceiling pretty quick in the public world. There's, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they, they make good money, but it's, there's a clear 
clear roof. There's a clear ceiling. Like a, just like a really tight range. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so sure you're, you're better out of the gate, but as far as potentials concerned, there's not nearly as much potential. Now you're exchanging that, um, potential for elimination of risk working for a government is pretty damn safe, mm-hmm. is pretty damn consistent is you get your, you get your pension, you get your paycheck every week, you have consistent work. There's nothing to worry about at the government. And the government is essential to building things. Any kind of public work starts with the government. Yeah. As frustrating as it sometimes is for probably both sides. So um, if, you're, if you're more of an engineering mind and if you want to design things, go work at a construction company. You're not designing. You're not using your professional engineering license. You're not crunching numbers. And it's not nearly as safe and consistent. So if that's what you value, if you want to be an engineer and that's what you enjoy more, and if that's what draws you in more, if you're more curious about that, then go do that. But if you're more curious about building things, then go on that side of the fence um, and learn that side. And that, the thing is too, people, these young people, they're so, it's such a bummer that they have to, they, they believe that they need to choose their entire life path at 18 years old or 20 years old or 22 years old. And that's just dumb for so many reasons. So it's go try whichever one you're more curious about that's drawing you in just a little bit more. Go try it out. Go try out construction. Okay, hey, this isn't for me. I'm gonna go to ing- I'm gonna go work for a city. Okay, cool. Then go do that. Or you go work for a city. Hey, this is a little too much office work for me. This is a little too much math for me. I want to get out and see how shit's built. Then you go work for a construction company. Mm-hmm. Try it out for a year. Try it out. Give it a shot. And if it's not, you know, not what you want to do, then go somewhere else. So I'm a huge, there needs to be curiosity. There needs to be exploration. You need to go out and see the world and explore things from all different perspectives before you can say, okay, here, here's my career. Because it doesn't really sound like um, between like his pros and cons and kind of the, the two ways he's leaning. It doesn't sound like if he gets a job in one, it ruins his chances at getting a job in the other no, side. It, it doesn't. Yeah. And there's this, there's this weird misconception of your parents probably saying, well, you, you know, you need to be there for at least five years. That's out the fucking window. Yeah, that's over. That's out the window. Me as an employer, at least this isn't how everybody is. I get that. But my, my biggest priority is the well-being of the human beings that are entrusted to me that I have the gift and opportunity to lead. So if someone comes here, we have a lot of opportunities here. So if someone comes here, they struggle a little bit. We could maybe move them around a little bit, this and that. But if they decide there's a better opportunity elsewhere, fantastic, fantastic. I'm happy for them. I want them as a human being to be where they should be. Hopefully that's build with. But if it's not build with, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Let's yeah. try it out. And if it doesn't work, I'll be the first one to say, let me help you go somewhere else. Because that, that is what it, that, that is genuinely in, in, it's in their best interest. It's in my best interest. It's in Buildwood's best interest. Mm-hmm. We don't want someone here that doesn't necessarily want to be here or whatever it is. And all these, like I said, all these big businesses, they don't, dude, they don't care about you. You know, you need to go in, you need to use them for what you need to use them for. Try things out, go in with good intentions. If you stay there for 40 years, fantastic. But if you go there for six months, this is definitely not for me. Then why are you going to stay there another six months 
or 12 months or 18 months when you know it's not for you. Especially just like, what do you, you don't want to hurt of? people's feelings or, yeah. or hurt the business or set them back? Okay, sure. You're important to the business operator. You're there, you're getting a salary, but the business is not going to go crumble because you walk away. I promise you, you're not that important, especially when you're 22 years old, which is a good thing mm -hmm. because that gives you the opportunity to go try things out without leaving this disastrous wake, you know, this, this disaster uh, everywhere you go. When companies use that like hypothetical, you know, we're like a family atmosphere around here at, at, at such and such company, ABC business. What's your response to that attitude or just like gut feeling? I think it's a little, it's sometimes misguided, sometimes misguided. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's, it's very rarely actually true. Oh, I would fully agree with that. <laughs> it's far, like just because you say you, you, you're a family atmosphere or culture or whatever, it is, like you have great, that doesn't mean you have great. Mm -mm. And like, like, uh, I forget what general it says, says it, but if you have to talk about how good your mor morale is, it's probably it not, not that good. <laughs> So if you have to continue to defend uh -huh. your culture, it, your culture probably is not great or just non-existent. Yeah. It, when In a positive, productive manner. There's yeah. always culture. So it's not that you can't have a non-existent culture. It's just that it's not defined. It's not, it's not anything tangible. Not consistent. Yeah. yeah. Well, and if it's not consistent, then part of your culture is inconsistency. Yeah, sure. Um, when you're talking about... Uh, you know, like if you don't, why stay an extra six months? Like you're not, there's not something you're like going to get out of that before you like leave to go to another job. If you like, know it's not right for you. Um, I, I think that there's sometimes seems to be this like conversation about like loyalty to the business, but like, I think we've all seen that. Like when you leave it, when you, when, you know, anyone leaves a company, guess what that company does? They fill your role in like two weeks. It, exactly. A hundred percent. They're not going to, they don't, they don't ever sit there and cry about it. They, oh no, Jimmy left. What are we going to do? No, they, they, and maybe they do care about you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm overgeneralizing. I'm painting with yeah, a broad brush. That's, that's I'm trying to, I'm being dramatic here by saying they don't care about you. They, they care about you. I'm sure you know, most companies but they care about your well-being. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. But, uh, if, if, if you walk out the door, they got to care about somebody else. <laughs> They're going to replace you. So like everybody, everybody in business is, is really replaceable at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So you want to make yourself irreplaceable, but still it's, you know, a business needs to move on and on and on. Yeah. And if a business is so dependent on one person, that's a, that's an enormous problem. I don't want to work for a business that's so dependent on one person that they couldn't do business without them. That'd be a huge, that'd yeah, be a huge problem. I have, uh, I've worked for companies like that before and it does a weird thing to like the, the balance of influence and power in the company. Yeah. Where it's like, A, I mean, the, the business has no value. Like if that person were to leave. Exactly. You know, and we, that's where a lot of businesses, they struggle to sell mm -hmm. because they're so dependent on one human. They leave. Business is worth anything. It doesn't exist anymore. No. Yeah. It's just like that person's book of business. Mm -hmm. Eesh. Um, but anyway, like if you're in a situation to try things out, which most young people are, mm -hmm. try things out, try things out, like try as much. Like that's what I did during college. I, that's why I worked for five different companies. I wanted to try as much out as I possibly could to continue to just explore and ask questions 
and experience the industry and see what I was just naturally drawn to more and more and more and more and more. And then, okay, there, there I went. I didn't, I, but it wasn't just accidental. It was, hey, construction's cool. What's the path of least resistance in the construction industry? Well, there's a construction company working in my neighborhood. I should call them and ask for a job. What's the lowest level job I can get there? Labor. Okay, I'll start as a laborer. It wasn't this, this, this master plan, this premonition, this nothing. It was just, I want to get into construction and this is the first path that has presented itself. Great. I'm going to get into construction. And then from there, you start to you know, take one step, take the next step, take the next step, start to narrow things down. You know, if you're still unsure about uh, if I want to be an engineer in an EIT and a PE, or if I want to be uh, you know, field engineering or, or project management or, or, or superintendent, whatever it is, you need to try more stuff. Yeah. And that's what your 20s are for, man. That's what your 20s are for. And you need to, some of these kids too, they, shit, dude, they end up with the golden handcuffs. They're making too much money to leave, but they know this company's not for them or this role's not for them and this and that. And that's by far the shittiest place to be. That's the most dangerous place to be. When you're doing well and you're making good money, mm-hmm. but you know it's not for you. Then you're not willing to take a step back, eat shit again. Yeah, because you can't get that money anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's tough. Um, can I ask a, uh, I think it's been a couple of weeks. Can I ask my stupid question of the podcast? Mm-hmm. Um, in the dirt contractors that we work in, um, or just within the companies that we work with, is do they typically have engineers full-time on staff or is that something they like will work with an engineering firm? Very rarely does a company have like a PE on staff to okay. function as an engineer because of the liability. So sometimes they'll have a PE to divide, to, 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 to um, design like false work, for example, if you're building a bridge or they'll have a PE that's an estimator. And so they'll have a former PE, but they're doing not, an engineering role, or they could be doing some engineering, but they're not stamping things. Because you put a stamp on something, you put a stamp on a set of plans, you're liable for that set of plans. That's why engineers over and over and over design everything. Because it's like, okay, what's the safest possible scenario for this bridge? Okay, it's X. Let's just multiply it by like three or four or five. So then it's really, really good to go. Mm -hmm. So that I am for sure not liable. which which makes sense. You don't want a bridge to fail, but that's why everything's over-engineered yeah. because of liability and risk. Um, so a really big construction company might have a significant staff of engineers working on some things, but it's typically uh, municipal municipalities, government, they employ a lot of engineers yeah. and then it'll be in engineering specific firms that just do engineering work. Yeah. I feel like we've um, talked to some folks over the last year or so that like, you know, are a PE, but are not actively working for like an engineering firm. They're kind of like acting as like an intermediary using like that education and set of skills to get from here's what the plans are and here's how we execute in the field in a practical way. Yeah, and sometimes I'll run into them in business. They'll be in leadership and I'll, I'll notice, like, oh, oh, you have a PE? Oh, yeah, I have a PE. I got them all back. <laughs> they don't- Just something you pick up. Yeah, they don't, they, don't, they don't do a whole lot with it nowadays. Sure. Again, just- it's really just uh, like big things, just liability. Yeah. Okay. But, and then you don't have to go get your PE too. Like I got my engineering degree. I could have gone and become, became an EIT 
And I could have become a PE. What's EIT stand for? Uh, engineering training. Um, so you have to be, you have to, you, have, you, you graduate college, then you take your EIT exam, which is kind of like a, it's basically like a cumulative exam of everything you did in college, which is why I didn't become an EIT You're because not there was just <laughs> no way in hell I would have passed that test. Uh, you get that test and then you work for four years and then you can either take your PE early and just wait the four years or upon after the four years, you take your professional engineering exam, which is more specialized to the type of engineering you're going into environmental or structural or construction or civil, whatever it is, mm -hmm. in different forms, um, a little bit more detailed. And then you become a professional engineer. And then upon that, and some another professional engineer has to vouch for you, essentially. Yeah. Then you you technically have to study under another PE, and then upon that you can stamp plans. So, and every plan you look at it, they have it has a stamp on the bottom corner. It's this little circle, and that means it's yep. If you've built anything, there'll be stamped plans. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. I feel like that like tied together some um, loose ends that have been floating around in my head. So thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Um. I think that is a Dirt Talk podcast for a Monday. Really? Yeah. We're in a solid spot. Sick. Cool. Well, to everybody out there, don't be afraid to try new things because especially that's what your 20s are for. That's what your 30s are for. That's what your 40s are for. Honestly, any time in your life, it's not too late. It's not too late. Keep trying stuff. Yeah. I've changed my career plenty of times. Exactly. <laughs> How's it going for you? It's going pretty cool. Total disaster. Oh, yeah, it's awful. Day-to-day, -day, yeah, I hate it, but sure. long-term, it's great. Uh, okay, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate everybody coming along with us for this Dirt World journey. If you have any questions or topics for us to discuss, send them to dirttalkatbuildit.com. If you listen on the Apple Podcast app, feel free to drop us a review. It goes from one to five star. If we're total dirt bags that you hate listening to but still listen to anyway give us a one star if you really enjoy what we do if you if you, if you learn something today or uh, if you learned something in the past give us more than one star and maybe even write a review that'd be great I, I i love the reviews regardless of if you're a huge fan and support all that we do or if not because there's something to learn there for us they may they make me feel warm and fuzzy yeah it's pretty cool so thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you guys on the next one. Stay ready, everybody. Thanks, y'all.